This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 11, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The method the public apparently prefers to balance the federal budget is the so-called balanced approach. Some tax hikes, some spending cuts. But is that the best way to go about it? Mike Tanner, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, prefers a decidedly unbalanced approach to balancing the federal budget. Tax increases are always popular as long as they take place at an income higher than the person being polled. Uh, But the reality is that you can't simply tax the rich and solve our budget problems. In fact, if you were to simply confiscate all the wealth of every millionaire and billionaire, as the president likes to say, in America, just take it all, you would get about 10 percent of what this country owes. Uh, In fact, according to CBO, you'd actually have to raise tax rates to the top tax rate of about 88% on individuals and businesses, and lower tax rates would have to go up commensurately. Everybody would have to face enormous tax increases uh, in order to get there, which, of course, you simply can't do and preserve the kind of economic growth that you need to balance the budget in the long run. That is, maintain the fabulous wealth creation machine that is the U.S. economy. Well, that's right. If you just look to Europe, uh, you can see that in the face of their huge deficits, uh, they've followed the usual IMF uh, liberal advice, and they've had a balanced approach. They've had some minor budget cuts. They've tried to raise the retirement age and things like that. But they've also had very large tax increases. They've increased their VATs. They've increased their income tax. They've increased uh, a number of other excise taxes that they have. And the result has been very anemic growth. They simply haven't had the growth to, to deal with the joblessness problem or to get the kind of, of building of the economy you need ultimately to create prosperity. All right. So you argue for a decidedly unbalanced approach when it comes to getting us to a fiscally sustainable path. Well, I think if you look to history, what you find is that countries that have actually balanced their budget have done so by spending restraint. You could look to Canada and New Zealand, Slovenia, uh, and other countries in the 1990s that took this approach. You can look to the U.S. uh, after World War II. Uh, And in fact, uh, a recent study by some Harvard economists looked at over 100 cases of countries trying to lower their deficits. And what they found was those countries that increased taxes and cut spending had far less success at ultimately balancing their budget than those countries that simply cut spending across the board. What did Canada do? Well, Canada essentially froze its budget for about five years, uh, and the result was that it significantly reduced its budget deficit as a share of GDP. Now, if you tried to pitch, float that in the United States, and somebody says we need a budget freeze, which is what uh, President Obama proposed at one point. He was talking about a very small portion of the budget. As to the rest of the budget, uh, what about the idea of freezing the rate of growth, as uh, some of our colleagues have suggested? Well, in in these other cases, they were talking about not freezing the rate of growth, but actually freezing the budget. In in real terms, it means we didn't spend any more next year. In nominal terms. I mean, we didn't spend any more. Well, it was real terms. There was no inflation increase. There was an inflation increase. But other than inflation, we didn't spend more next year than we spent this year. It was not based on this sort of phony baseline budget accounting that we have uh, that suggests that because we plan to spend uh, $10 trillion over the next 10 years and we're only going to spend $7 trillion, that somehow we've cut the budget. Our colleague Chris Edwards says there are no easy cuts, and uh, every uh, spending program has its constituency. Where do we get the biggest bang for the buck if we want to address this entitlement crisis? Well, frankly, you have to go after entitlements. Uh, the so-called domestic discretionary spending 
uh, is only about 20% of the budget. Uh, you could essentially wipe out domestic discretionary spending, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Education, the FBI, the FDA, everything over there, and you would still have a several hundred billion dollar budget deficit. You've got to go after the defense budget. That's another 20 percent, uh, and certainly we can make cuts in defense uh, over the next 10 years. Uh, but mostly you're going to have to deal with entitlements, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. That's where the money is, as Willie Sutton used to say. I think in terms of all, all these programs, we are ultimately going to have to accept the fact that younger people are going to get less from the government than is promised today. That means in terms of Social Security, we're going to reduce benefits. Uh, you could do it lots of ways. You could raise the retirement age. You could change the COLA formula. I happen to think changing the formula by which basic benefits are determined from one based on prices, or one based on wages to one based on prices is a much more effective approach. Combine that with personal accounts, and young people would be better off, but the government would certainly owe a great deal less. On Medicare, what you're going to have to do is make people pay more, essentially something along the lines of what Paul Ryan has proposed in which we limit uh, to a fixed dollar amount how much Medicare is going to provide, and that people want more than the basic benefit. They're going to have to pay more out of their own pocket. Mike Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.